0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. my name is Joe Marchalina. Joining me once again is Derryfield AD and Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hettler. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good, Joe. It was a it was a good Father's Day weekend. I was out. Uh got to go got to go down to uh Lester and uh uh coach up my coach up my Tomahawk boys and so the 25, 25 team out there and uh Dairyfield kids playing Tomahawks and, and four leaf and all kinds of stuff and so it was fun to be out there and got to spend my uh first real father's day with Colton too so that was awesome. a, it was a nice weekend B- busy but but fun weekend yeah so full, yeah, full of lacrosse as usual
0: i I saw I saw a lot of a uh, lot of uh the club programs posting pictures from different tournaments and and things going on and I you know I felt like uh I felt like the season hadn't ended uh for for in a way there just seeing all this stuff so that was pretty fun on so seeing all it, that. it really videos.
1: it's it's ramping up big time. Like uh, you know, it's it's back in full swing. The club circuits, you know, people are traveling. Last year, uh, you know, it it was fun. It was nice. We were we were local, but now now we're getting to get back out there and uh, you know, teams are going down to Baltimore, they're going to Philly, they're going to Long Island. Uh, this week a lot of teams are going to upstate New York. So um coaches are it's great to see coaches back on the sidelines too. College coaches are
0: out there it's uh you know it almost feels like uh nothing ever happened in in a way uh we're almost pretty much back to normal it feels like
1: well i look today we're under we're we're almost under 180 cases in the entire state of new hampshire so it's feeling it's feeling Feeling, fingers crossed it's uh it's feeling good so keep it going
0: well, uh, as always, uh, you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, you might want to do that pretty soon, though, because we are running out of shows here. Uh, you can listen to it, uh, the show that is, Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. And uh, before we get started, would once again like to remind everyone that the Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Roger Howe of the Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. Just like the weather, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with The Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide a market analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of The Bean Group at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583. Or email him at roger at rhowrealestate.com. So, uh, next week, uh, will be our final lacrosse show of the spring. Uh, and what we're going to do next week is take a look back, uh, or excuse me, <laughs> take a look ahead, uh, to the 2022 season. Uh, so this week we are going to put a nice big bow on 2021. And uh, we're going to actually start that with um, something we uh, we realized that the after we'd finished recording last week's show that we forgot to do, uh, we're going to go over the final coaches poll uh, for the 2021 season. This was, uh, of course, re- you know, released uh, last week um, once the championship games ended, and uh, I'll just run down real quick the. Uh, the final poll, make sure I got the right one open here so I'm not uh, <laughs> giving out some fake news here. Uh, so yeah, number one, uh, um, no surprise, Bishop Girton, uh, un- un- unanimous number one choice to end the final poll. Uh, interesting, or first time, I believe, that uh, a team has uh, kind of uh, gone wire to wire in the poll. And only We've only been doing this a couple of years, but they started out the season number one and I believe got every first place vote throughout the year too, which is um, I mean, I guess that's truly a unanimous number one, uh, when you're getting every first place vote throughout a season.
1: May not, may not ever happen again. We'll see, but, uh, yeah. uh, they do return, they do return a strong core again next year. So, uh, it, if there is a year for it to happen, it may happen next year, but you said it is only, really, you know, we've got out of state games, we've got them, they play their, their Pinkerton rivalry. Uh, you know, Exeter, London Londonderry, there's all kinds of teams. I think in the history of the poll, has anyone other than uh, Bishop Gerton or Pinkerton been ranked number one? No, I'm not I sure don't. there has been.
0: I think, I think actually even Exeter getting up to number two, Exeter finished the year at number two. Um, I think they were the first team outside of BG and Pinkerton to, to be in the top two um, of the poll. So that's, I think that was our a first there was having a non uh, or a team other than those two being in the top two um, so yeah we'll see uh, yeah maybe next year someone else um, you know cracks into that or, or you know gets into those the top couple spots actually even top three I think I, I want to say maybe in, it maybe in 2018 or 2019 um, you guys got up into the top three in Dairy Field was maybe third at one point
1: I believe I believe we were third in 2018 and in 2019 or 2018, I think for sure. 2019, I think we probably finished fourth because Exeter beat us in yeah, 2019, yeah. so I think we finished the year fourth.
0: At it, some, uh, but it's still place, yeah. At some point during those one of those two years, or maybe even both, you guys were third, I think.
1: But uh, you, there's will have to tune in next week to see if see if uh, <laughs> see if Joe feels that anyone can crack the the top three next year outside that group.
0: Uh, so uh, so continuing on, as I said, Exeter finished number two this year, Pinkerton number three. Uh, Londonderry came in at number four. So really the, the top four stayed the same, I want to say from like late April on, um, not, not too much change there. Just, just really the number of, uh, number of, of points for, uh, Londonderry really. Um, the other three, I think were one, two, three in everybody's poll for most of the year. Uh, so then you had Portsmouth, uh, at number five, uh, the, the D2 champs jumping up there. Bedford came in at six. Uh, at seven, Nashua South eight, Deerfield nine, and Timberlane ended the year jumping up into the poll. And then uh, two teams also got votes. You had Trinity and Hollis Brookline uh, picking up votes to to end the year. So um, I, I mean, what do you what do you think about that overall? Does that kind of sound about right that's, to you? That's pretty
1: much that's pretty much where I had teams ranked. Um, I had. I think the middle of the pack, I think you, you can make an argument from like Portsmouth to like South that, you know, there were, there's some movement in there and that's, I think we're going to get into that in a minute here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I think that top 10, I mean, I think Timberland deservingly breaking into the top 10, making their run to the, the championship game. Um, yeah. I don't think there's, I don't think there's too much you can, you can argue in there about that. I think that's a pretty solid poll to end the year.
0: All right, so let's. Uh, you kind of alluded to this. I'm just going to run down mine real quick, and then uh, and then we can kind of get into, uh, I guess, what our, our first topic of uh, or or one of our topics of the day will be. Uh, so I had for my final poll: I had Bishop Girton one, Exeter two, Pinkerton three, uh, which I kind of I, like I said, everybody pretty much had that from almost you know mid April yeah. on. Um, so then I had Portsmouth at number four, Nashua South number five, Winnicon at six londonderry seven uh dairy field eight Timberline nine and then trinity coming in at the end at number 10
1: i just want to know what coach johansmeyer did to you like what what, <laughs> what did what, what what did he possibly do you, you you don't like the bulldogs
0: so here so so and i I think this this kind of leads into um one of the things i wanted to talk about today was because like i said we had pinkerton or excuse me bg exeter pinkerton one two three throughout the poll pretty much throughout the year and I, I think it kind of there's some you could you could debate um, probably till we're blue in the face because we'll never have an answer to this. who was the fourth best team in Division one this year? I mean obviously going by the poll that's Londonderry, they finished fourth. they were the fourth D one team in there. Um, you know Bedford was in the mix too. I, you know and I think I think Nashua South belongs in that in that conversation too. you know when we kind of talked about it as we were getting ready for this that that really for them it's about what could have been. Um, You know, they had a stretch of I want to say it was 12 to maybe 14 days off where they they had to pause because of a a positive covid test. Um, They went and played, I think, two games in the span of like four weeks uh, at one point because of that and because of of having a a weird kind of week off in the middle of their schedule, just, you know, that was scheduled into it. Um, You know, they were missing um, their starting goalie for a little while early in the year. They're missing one of their best players to, for the last couple of weeks of the season. So I think, you know, and they didn't get to play either Bedford or London So I think, I, I don't know, I, to me that kind of leaves the door open. You could say potentially that that team could have been, you know, one of those are in, in line for that fourth spot. So that's that's where I have it. Oh,
1: I don't, dis- I don't disagree with you at all. I think the talent was there on paper and on the roster. And I think through, like you said, through no fault of the throne, they they were just they were missing people at times. They had to they had a pause in there. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I mean, based on results, I, I would have them third out of that group of teams that you mentioned. I mean, I think Londonderry clearly was the most consistent team. They only lost to Bishop Girton, Exeter, and um and Pickerton. You know, so they lost to the top three team they lost to the top three teams there, and they took care of business against most of the other teams in the fashion that you would inspect. And, and in fact, they, you know, in, and I know this was right before they were going to play Pinkerton again, but they beat Pinkerton. They right. beat him at the end of the season, you know? So I, I think clearly by results and consistency, you have to, you have to give Londonderry the fourth. And then I, I'm looking at comparable scores, Bedford. Okay. They lose the Londonderry 10 to six. And then you look at some of their body of work through the rest of the season. Again, the only teams they lost to were arguably the top four teams. They beat Merrimack by a much larger ver- by a much larger um uh margin of victory than uh than South did at the time. Again, South doesn't necessarily have everybody. Um, you know, their wins, they had a they had a very solid win over Windham. They beat uh Southhegan convincingly the first time, have to turn around. They do get a one-goal game against them. I, I don't know. I I I like what I like what Bedford did this year. I would go Londonderry, Londonderry is four, Bedford five south is six and again nothing it's it's not that i think that south was uh wasn't as good as those other teams but they didn't have the opportunity to prove it right. and they were missing people at times so based off a of result that's where i have but i understand why you why you were high on south and i think they're going to be good looking at what they returned, they do lose some good pieces but they, they were a fairly young group so they could be good again next year too
0: you know i i will admit to or i will i will account for a little bit of maybe um homerism there too um uh, maybe, maybe i'm uh, you know that's uh, that's the the, the uh, nothing I guess, wrong with I guess that guess technically the al- alma mater if, now that it's it's two schools but you know i it's uh, so maybe that ha- maybe that influences me a little bit too i won't i won't deny that <laughs> um yeah i I, th- I think yeah if you're you look at the last two and i i mean there's Last year, there's everybody. Everybody was in the same boat, you know, with losing a season and and missing out on what could have been a good year. But I think if you look at the last two years combined for South, too, I think, you know, last what they would have had last year and then what they had this year, um, you know, you're looking at a, a, a program that maybe those have been two of the best South teams in the last I don't know 15 years. Um, oh, there's too. no so doubt about it. That's that, frustrating the, the youth, that to lose out on. Yeah. That
1: the youth that the investment that they put into their youth program and the kids that have come through over the last couple of years, they didn't get to play last year. This year was a good year, you know, could have been a really good year for them. Um, But there's still, there, there's, there's kids coming back next year. I still think they're going to be, they're going to be in the mix for one of the, one of those top, you know, top four to six teams again in, in, in division one. the you know, groundwork is there,
0: and and maybe maybe I'm again not I'm I'm looking at the way the maybe a little bit of recency bias too for all of these teams, you know, because they all kind of had some tough stretches to end the year. You know, you look at you mentioned what you know Bedford was able to do, but then they finished the year and with um, you know just some tough losses to BG and to Exeter going into the playoffs. Um, yep, you know, Londonderry, late like, you mentioned those games against Pinkerton. Um, you know they did win that one, the middle one of those three. Um, I was at the other two that they didn't win. Um, you know, and it, it, I, I kind of wish I had seen that third game because I would have liked to know what was different. Um, you know, because it was, I, I, I hate to say it, but those other two games against Pinkerton, they, they, Pinkerton was clearly, I think, the better team uh, on those days. Um, so you know, that's maybe I'm holding that a little bit too much against them. So. You know it's uh i guess that's the fun the fun of the poll too right it's not we're not we're not doing uh it's not computers spitting out these numbers we're uh we're people with our own biases and flaws and i
1: thought i thought that's what was great about the poll this year (laughs) is that you know obviously you know bg runs wire to wire and it was easy to pencil them at number one this year but there was a lot of movement this year you know there was there was some debate over you know teams moving up and down and moving in and out of the poll you know, we had teams. Wyndham was in the poll at one point. Campbell made an appearance in the poll. Trinity was in the poll at one point. Um, I, you know, teams that that finished. You know, throughout the year that went up and down um, throughout there. sauhegan so I mean, was in the poll at Holl- one point. Hollis- so we had Brookline lots of Hollis, was Hollis, in Hollis- in Brooklyn, yeah, spot
0: for most of the year that they were number yep. ten for for most of the year and then came out at the end.
1: So. It, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty neat year to see teams, uh, move up and down based on results and each week mattered.
0: Yeah. You know, and I'll so have to, is, I'll have to go back and look and see, you know, in terms of just number of teams that, that were in the poll, how it kind of compares, um, you know, to previous years. Cause it could, I mean, that could be, you know, one of the years that, that maybe you know, there was the most, I'm just going back real quick. and looking. I, I think it
1: is. I think it is. Yeah. I, I don't most, most years it was pretty clear cut who the top 10 teams were. And I don't even think there was a whole lot of movement. Yeah. Most years. Um, I mean, you had so
0: I'm going back and looking at the the preseason poll, and you had uh, Hanover, Hopkinton. We're getting both getting votes. We're both in the poll. Concord, Goffstown, um, got early votes. Uh, Salem got a vote one week. Um, and then like the usual suspect, Timberlane, Wyndham, Trinity. We're all kind of, you know, at the at the bottom there, receiving votes. So yeah, there. I mean, that's got to be almost two dozen teams. I, th- oh, I don't know, not two dozen. Um, uh, maybe like fifteen or sixteen teams that we're talking about, at least getting getting votes. Uh, early on in the year. Um, yeah. So we mentioned, you know, kind of wondering who that that top four fourth team was in D one. Um, any other thoughts on Division one? Um, you know, any anything that stood out to you this year, or or anybody, or or any team that you know, was um, you know, that we haven't talked about that maybe was a little bit of a surprise.
1: Um, well, I really like, you know, and I, I think we didn't we didn't get to talk about it too much this year, but uh Coach Smith up at Concord, uh the way they finished the year really impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they had some good wins over, over Salem and Merrimack to end the year. I thought they finished really strong. Um they've got a nice core returning next year. Um they could be a team that starts to make a, a push towards the top. Uh, you know, like they they were on the cusp of it two years ago in, in 2018 and 2019. And now I think they're starting to, to rebuild those numbers again and get back up there. Um, you know, I think a team uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year with with some of the younger kids in in Southhegan. And, um, you know, it obviously was not the year that they were hoping for. Um, but that that's a program that always has talent. And uh, you know, I think again, hopefully some of those younger kids, they get help, you know one, they gotta get healthy. I mean, right. I know we we listened to Coach Bertrand a lot this year about injuries and and how that affected his team. So if they're healthy and some of those young kids develop, that's a team that I think could also could also make it make a jump up too. And um, you know, the Salem coaching staff is now they've been there for two years they had their first year non-COVID year this year, well, sort of a non-COVID year this year, but they at least got to play, you know, is that a program now that they're starting to learn uh, their coach's style of play and, you know, what they're looking for, do they start to become more of a, a, a player in there? You know, in yes, their record was not very good this year. However, you know, they, they did show improvement throughout the season and a lot of their scores were closer than, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't necessarily, they got blown out by the the really, really good, teams that you'd expect but they they hung around with a lot of those other teams yeah so um you know i think that's a team that you know you could see all of a sudden go from two wins to jump up to uh, you know you know maybe closer to a a 500 record or or having you know a winning season next
0: year um you know that's a that's a i'm glad you brought them up because i you know looking at them i mean that's a team that you know maybe if it had had the benefit of you know being um you know, maybe geographically closer to some team, you know, some Division Two or some Div- Division Three teams that they could have mixed into their schedule a little right. bit. You know, I mean, they they played Pinkerton three times, Bedford twice, Exeter twice, uh, BG twice, you know, Wyndham twice. You know, it's that's a I mean, that's a pretty tough schedule. Um, it's a really it was a really tough. Yeah, you're not really leaving schedule. yourself. You're not leaving yourself too many opportunities to to you know pick up you know, maybe a win here or there. Um, Like you said, they did get get a pair of wins there, one over Merrimack and one over Goffstown. Um, You know, so you, you wonder, too, yeah, if they had been able to play a few other teams, Um, you know, maybe they could have picked up a few more.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I also – I mentioned them because they only have six seniors on the roster this year. Now, I you know, Spencer Dean was a really good player for them. A couple of other guys were impact players for them. But they, they return a lot of underclassmen. Um, you know, I, I just think that they're a team that, you know, given the right circumstance next year, um, you know, I, I think they could make a jump. It'll all depend. I think a lot of it will depend on their schedule. You know, you got to have a manageable schedule if they're, if they're playing Pinkerton, BG, you know, Lunderry twice, all those teams twice that that could be tough, but I, I, I would expect them to make a jump, um, and, and get back up there again.
0: Well, hopefully, hopefully we're done with a lot of this, uh, you know, playing teams twice and regional schedule. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah and we can get back to a little more round robin kind of uh kind of scheduling here. Um so um looking over at uh at D2 on the boys side, um I know going into the year we kind of um we expected it to be a bit of a, a dogfight, dog fight to be, you know, uh, maybe no clear cut um or, or or excuse me, a couple teams that we thought would be, you know, up near the top and but not really sure which of those teams was going to be you know, kind of the cream of the crop. I think maybe even um, the division then turned out to be maybe even deeper than we thought it was going to be. Um, I don't know. What do you th- What do you think about that?
1: I, I would totally. I would totally agree. I think a lot of it was due to the fact that um, you know you didn't have your usual mix of everybody playing everybody. You know, until we got into the playoffs, like you know, I think we had a feeling that Timberlake could make a run. Like yeah. they, we we didn't really know how good. Uh, you know, let's like Alice was right, because we didn't get to see them play a lot against some of the other teams that we consider to be top teams. Um, you know, same thing. You know, Timberlane played a fairly regional schedule. Um, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of those northern schools play for a while. You know, the run that Kingswood won, um, you know, very impressive year that they had to make it to uh to make it all the way to the, the regional semifinal there, basically the quarterfinals against Timberlane. You know, great year for them. Um, like we talked about, I think of all divisions, I think division two benefited the most of playing this type of regional schedule because it it allowed some of the teams that haven't traditionally had a lot of success to, to, you know, even, even if they didn't have as much success this season, they still weren't in games where they were getting blown out every week, you know? And so, um, you know, the growth of lacrosse and in the division, I thought it was a really good thing for a lot of these schools and also allowed the schools that were traditionally strong to play strong schedules and to challenge themselves without feeling like, you know, okay, if we blow this game, now all of a sudden we go from a a, a one seed to, you know, possibly the five or, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Um, You know, so it, it was a, it was a pretty, it was a fun year in that respect.
0: Yeah. It, it, it felt like, um, in some ways, almost like it was two different divisions, you know, that were going to be combined into one it really did right at the end yeah. of the year. Right. I mean, you had, you, you had a clear group of teams that were playing each other. I, you know, I would include like, you, you know, Dairyfield, you guys in there, I know you didn't play Timberline, but kind of, you know, you both played a lot of the same teams in Portsmouth and Winnicott and uh, St. Thomas, Saint, right. St. Thomas, yeah. um, Oyster river. I know they played Wyndham. Um, you know, you guys played golf town. Um, so there, I mean, there were a different, a couple different teams that you each played, but yeah, it, it felt like, you know, you had that kind of grouping there too. And then, and then, like you said, some of those Northern schools or, or even, even some schools that were kind of in the, the, you know, Concord area, um, you know, that were playing each other. It, 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 yeah, it did feel to me like there was almost like, um, a kind of a divide there. And you're right. It was good to see teams like, you know, Pembroke had, uh, you know, one of their better years. Like you said, Kingswood, uh, was right up there. Um, you know, so I, I feel like in that regard, Manchester, Manchester
1: Memorial Central had a couple wins this year. You know, they were competitive in a lot of their games.
0: Yeah.
1: But and they, you know, they beat Hanover, they beat Hanover. They lost by one to Hanover. The other game they played, they were close with Oyster River in both Oyster River games. Uh, you know, the golf town games weren't blown out blowouts. Um, you know,
0: that, that was great for their program this year. Yeah. So it'll be nice to see what those kind of things do for some of those programs. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's a little cliche, but I mean, everybody everybody likes to be a part of a winner. Um, and, and if you you know, you know, like let's Kingswood next year. You know, they're trying to maybe get some kids to come out and play that are on the fence and they can look at it and say, guys, look, we were we were a final four team last year. You know, looks,
1: absolutely. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Being able to being able to walk around school, feeling good about, you know, the team that you're playing on. Makes a huge difference, you know, and so um yeah, I, I expect you know I expect Division Two to be, again, a really strong division next year with with a lot of teams being able to compete for for the the top seeds going into the playoffs.
0: I guess the the biggest question, or not the biggest question, but but one question that we'll have to really keep our eye on um, moving forward is, you know, we we joked at times about you know Division Two being the biggest division in the history of divisions or, you know, having a thousand teams in it or whatever. But really, I mean, it was, it was a 23 team division going into the year, right? Um, Which I don't think has ever, there's never been a division that big in in lacrosse boys or girls, as far as I know. Um, It ended up being 21 teams because unfortunately, you know, you already mentioned that Memorial ended up taking on Central's kids when Central didn't have enough kids for a full team uh you know and we also saw John Stark end up having to uh cancel its season uh due to a lack of numbers so we only had 21 teams this year I mean I know I, I'm sure that you know we won't really know until probably February of next year or February or March of next year but I mean what happens would you think with those programs I mean we saw this happen a couple years ago with Belmont right like they had a they had a numbers issue and we're hoping to just kind of shut things down for a year and they still haven't come back with a varsity program.
1: Yep. Uh, so Manchester, Manchester central Memorial is going to continue as a co-op. They were, they were approved to continue to be a co-op. So that answers that answers one question yeah. there. Uh, as of now, John Stark is, is, been scheduled for games. They're, they're scheduled to play next spring. Um, you know, their, their AD is the one who does the assigning for division two, <laughs> Uh, so we're, we're hoping that he would know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, as of now, it looks like they will be back again next year. They had a group of kids that were out practicing on a regular basis. So I think it was just a matter of waiting and hoping to build numbers back up again, uh, in a non COVID year. And, um, you know, hopefully they do. Cause that's a, that's a proud program that's been around for a long time. And, um, you know, they were, they were a member I, when we were in division three, and then when we moved up to division two, they moved up with us and, um, you know, it would be a shame if, if, a, if a program like that w- was lost. So hopefully right. it was just a one year thing.
0: I mean, if it wasn't, um, I mean, could you imagine them co-oping with someone? I mean, who would they, I mean, obviously, I mean, Goffstown would probably be the closest school, but I can't see them. I mean, they're a, a big enough program. Um, I, mean,
1: uh, I don't know how close is Convale close enough. Not, I don't know.
0: Not that I, close. No,
1: probably not. Probably not that close. Um,
0: I don't it, it
1: would I mean, be tu- it would be tough yeah. i mean i i think if 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 john stark and and Goffstown were to try and uh co-op i i think
0: yeah, that, i think
1: you'd almost have to consider
0: moving them up to yeah, division 1 yeah that would make them, probably make them that probably makes them too big yeah uh or too um, big to stay in d2
1: well it definitely it by school side, but when you right. combine the two school populations it would they would definitely have to get bumped up to up to d1 um you know so We'll have to see what happens there. Hopefully, yeah. you know what? Hopefully, that doesn't happen because the other ramification to that is too our the number of all Americans, both for regular all American and academic all American, is based on the number of schools playing in in the state. And so, as we continue to lose schools, the percentage we get one we get one all American for every. Uh, I can't remember the the number off the top of my head, but we're we're very close to losing an all American vote if and that would that would be terrible because we really do have a lot of deserving kids in the state. And it's already hard enough to choose just eight Americans out of the out of the tail pool that we have. Um, so you know, hopefully like I said, hopefully it continues to grow when we don't we don't right. it was nice to see Hillsborough, Hillsborough Deering come into the league. Hopefully they, you know, their numbers are looking good on the youth side. And uh, that continues to grow there too, because that that helped to kind of offset
0: some of the, the losses we had this year. And that didn't that happen with with Belmont? Um, you know, not having fielding a team. I it feel did. Like there used to yeah. be nine. It used to be nine All Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's, I mean that that that's tough to to base it off. I mean I understand why, um, but it's yeah it's a tough thing to have to. To say because you know just because a, a team can't feel you know a school can't feel the team that you end up losing those spots just just like that like there's no um cons- other consideration that goes into it but I guess yeah um, I don't know any any f- other thoughts on uh, on on how Division two uh, unfolded this year and what what kind of you know any other I know we we talked about some of the teams there that that were kind of surprises but anybody else that we didn't mention.
1: No, I mean, again, just, you know, I, I think we gave congratulations last week to Coach Fisher and, and Portsmouth. Um, you know, I think, you know, in terms of surprises, um, you know, I don't think it was any surprise that they were going to be one of the better teams this year, even though Coach tried to tell us that they weren't <laughs> going to be. They always are. But I do think it was a surprise that this was the team that was the first one to get over the hump and, and get coach get coach that championship and bring, bring a, a championship to Portsmouth on the boys' side of the. lacrosse field um it was an unlikely group i think just by how young they were and the number of kids that uh you know they had lost to graduation between 2019 and now um just a remarkable job of of putting all the pieces together in a really really incredible year um you know one goal away from being undefeated right yeah the the entire season
0: 20 and one season which is just you know that they played that many games too is just remarkable
1: I think that's the other remarkable thing about, you know, just, you know, say so about the entire, the, the entire season. I mean, the number of teams that were able to play as many games as they were able to without interruption, you know, yeah. within the division, we did have a few times where, where teams had to shut down a couple of times, but really it really went pretty smoothly. There were very few, uh, you know, I God if you had told me we were going to play 20 games this season, I, I just didn't see it happening. Yeah. It was, uh, but we did. And it was, it was fantastic.
0: So um, I think probably you know you changing gears to to division three here, um you know, we're t- talking about surprise teams and and I think maybe the um, I don't know if maybe surprise is the right word because we thought I think we thought they were going to be good, but to see uh Campbell put together the kind of year that they had in Division three, you know, outside of the two teams that were in the final there. um, you know, I think that was probably uh maybe the most pleasant surprise, you know, that program still fairly new. Um, you know, I think what 2019 was, I think the first year that they had made the playoffs. So they, you know, they had some momentum going into last year and then to have it kind of completely wiped out, um, to, to see it, you know, them kind of bounce back with the year that they had this year. I think what they were, they'd won what, something like 12, 13 in a row going into the playoffs. I think it's eight, nine, 10, 11,
1: 12 going into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a, a really good regular season for the pretty pretty dominant regular season. I mean, I I remember my eyes kind of opening a little bit in those first two games when they played Hollis Brookline and put up the the offensive numbers that they did in those games. They put up 10 and 12 in each of those games, um, and then just went on a roll. and And of course, I don't think I, I think you said that Coach Knight's angry at me right now for for putting the <laughs> jinx on them, there. But they, I get you know, again. They they deserve the pressure coming in next season. They return a loaded lineup. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be I think they're going to be the preseason favorites in Division Three next year, um, based on what they return.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned that that, that second Hollis Brookline game I think was an overtime game too. Uh, yeah. You know, and then they go and and put um, you know two two uh, games against St. Thomas where they put twenty two up in one of them and then they win by one and the other and then a couple wins over over um, other D2 teams Alvern, Bow and Conval. So I mean they were they were getting wins, not just not just wins, but they got them against you know teams that, from Division 2 and then they also quality teams, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got those two wins in the regular season over Trinity, two wins over over Pelham, which you know, I know they had a bit of a down year this year, but um you know, they were still um they're you know, they're still a solid program, but so to get those um you know, a lot of momentum going and like you said they return um quite a bit and i imagine that's going to sting a little bit that that early playoff exit so i yeah you're right i think i would expect pretty big things from them next year um so here we here we go already putting the bullseye on uh, on somebody uh no we uh, said we
1: weren't going to do that either we said we were going <laughs> to wait till next week wait till so. next week
0: right all right well let's let's change change gears then um or 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 you know change topics. Um, you know, who else, um, do you think from, from division three was kind of, uh, you know, nice to see, uh, have the kind of year that they did.
1: Um, you know, I think I, I was pleasantly surprised, uh, that, you know, I was really nervous coming into the season, hearing that the had such low numbers and I was nervous that they were going to make it through the whole season and, you know, to, to see them battle week in and week out and, and put up, uh, you know, really good numbers there. gives me hope that, you know things will rebound and maybe maybe their their numbers will go up. Um so that that was great to see there and then I think obviously the the big you know the I don't know if I'd call it a surprise but like it was definitely it was definitely a pleasant surprise in, in seeing Plymouth you know go all the way to the to the championship game and have the season that they did. Um you know even in their losses their losses were really close games and uh you know they 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 just uh they they got going on a roll. I mean you first started identifying them late in the season as maybe a team that could make a run in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I think I, did I do that? Yeah, I did do that.
1: You did. You did. <laughs> you were, as we were, as we were previewing division three, you were, you were kind of high on Plymouth. You thought maybe that they, they were a team that could, I wasn't as high that, that last, I, that, that last game against Kennett when they lost six, uh, four, uh, that gave me a little bit of a pause, but like we had talked about, we weren't really sure, you know, a lot of things that you just didn't know, you know, they could, with their COVID issues, were they missing kids? Did they play that game differently because they're going into the playoffs and it didn't matter? You know, so there were there were all kinds of things there. Um
0: Yeah, just, just like and I think I think the same thing that we talked about with Kingswood uh in division two, you you could apply to, to Plymouth in that, you know how many how many of those games up there did we or, or how many of those teams that they played did did we even see? Um, I think last week when we were talking about the championship game, you know, that that Trinity and Plymouth had like one common opponent, um, you know, and I think that was Bishop Brady going into that game. I mean, how many times do you get a championship game? I I mean, I guess I mean, obviously, in some sports, that's the case just because the way everything's structured, um, but not usually in lacrosse. Do you get teams that didn't play each other during the regular season? I mean, it's not I, I mean, I know it can happen sometimes, but it doesn't usually happen.
1: No, it doesn't usually happen, and, and there's usually a lot more. Like you usually have a much better idea about the point spread in terms of how far the teams are from each other just by looking at common opponents. And it was so much harder to do that this season, as we yeah. talked about.
0: Um, yeah. So I, I, I think you know, looking over their roster, I mean, they've probably, uh, I think they've got a, a nice, um, nice group returning as well. Plymouth, talking about, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I think we kind of. Um, we weren't hundred percent sure on what to expect out of, uh, out of Hopkinton. I mean, we knew, you know, they were gonna have a good team coming back, but just exactly where they were gonna finish up and, you know, to see them, uh, once again get into, um, into the final four, um, you know, like the stuff that they're doing over there, um,
1: you know, and that was a team, they were a team that were missing some guys at some point, you know, at probably no bigger loss in the season than uh, Stephen Newton Delgado being out for a while, the division two defensive player of the year. You know, I know that really, that really messed up their plans on defense for a while there. Um, I think they lost their starting goaltender for a little bit um, and they worked through all those things and they did, like you said, they went on a nice run at the end of the season there.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think in uh, overall the, you know, division maybe turned out to be a little bit um you know a little bit more competitive than we might have thought um but again i guess this kind of is like what what we were you know talking about with the d1 teams and it just would have been fun to see some of these schools you know get to play each other um and and you know that'll be something i guess we can uh, we can look forward to with next season um I hopefully being back to normal I mean, we got to be back to normal by next year Coming back to normal, unless something,
1: it, yeah, unless something, unless something radically changes, I would, I would hope we'd be, we'd be back to uh, a more, a more normal uh, spring. Although, you know, for the most part, I, it, it was pretty, it, I felt like it was pretty close,
0: you yeah, know, this yeah. year outside of the scheduling. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, but especially by the end there, uh, by the end, it felt, you know, see, actually, the one thing I didn't think of until after the fact too was seeing that the way teams celebrated, you know, that that some of them. Uh, Yeah, we're getting into the kind of the old, you know, pile on, um, you know, celebrations at the end of game of championship games. So that's uh, I don't know if I saw as much of that, you know, in the fall and in the winter. Um, So, yeah, that definitely felt more normal.
1: I think the end of the school year kind of helped, too, because it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, we won the championship and (laughs) uh, school's almost over. So it doesn't really matter anymore. We don't have anything else to do. So if we get sick, it's okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So. Um, any, uh, any final thoughts in general on the, on the boys, uh, lacrosse season before we, uh, we move on to the girls.
1: Uh, no, I think I'm going to save that for, for next for week next when week. we, Excellent. uh, when we, when we preview. All so right, we'll, we'll, we'll
0: save that for then well, for re- the next there season. we go. Reason, reason for everybody to listen next week. We've got a nice big tease there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, on the, uh, on the girls side of things, um, you know, the last couple of years, I feel like in Division One, we've talked about there being kind of a big four with with BG Bedford, Pinkerton, and sauhegan Uh You look at you know going back to 2015 when Bedford and, and BG moved up to D1. Um, those have been the four teams that have played in the all in the finals. Uh, I th- Exeter, I think, got in there one year, maybe maybe even in 2015. I'm I'm trying to remember. Um, but for the most part, it's been those four teams. Uh, playing in the championship game, winning the championship, um, the final four—I think every year, you know—and I, I, looking at it at, at it this year, I mean, you had some of those teams that, um, you know, that that they didn't all play each other this year. I know Pinkerton played BG, and they played Bedford. They didn't play Sauhegan. Sauhegan played Bedford early. Um, I think, yeah, BG did play Sauhegan. I'm wondering if if you know this is another one where you know if if we had seen everybody play everybody, could someone like Londonderry or Nashua South or Exeter kind of found their way into, um, you know, into breaking up that group? And, and what again, going back to to the unfortunate thing about last year, I think we might have seen that even last year, uh, potentially with one of those programs. Um, so I'm I, I'm you know, knowing what some teams are coming back. And again, I guess, I guess do my own tease too. We'll, to next week, we'll get into that next week. Um, you know, so I think the potential might be there for that next season.
1: Yeah. I really like, uh, I, I really like what London did this year. You know, that that's a program that was a championship program in the past. And uh, you know, they seem to have a little bit of resurgence this year. They, they beat the teams they were supposed to beat and they started, I think they started to close the gap between, you know, they, they had a close game with South hegan, They were competitive with pinkerton uh you know in the times that they played pinkerton um you know so i i think that's a team you know they 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 do lose some they do lose some good players but i i think that's a team back you know headed in the right direction again there that um you know could have been there and then a team that you've been high on over the last couple years uh you know exeter um probably maybe dipped down a little bit this year but you know that's a program that um you know they they played portsmouth to to a four goal game this year Um, you know, and they, they, they've been competitive over the last couple of years here. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they can, they can mount a resurgence next year.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, we know that there's going to be some, some of those, uh, top four is going to have a few changes there. I mean, I don't expect any of them to, to drop too far. I guess it's more of a matter of, of who can kind of step up. Um, but you're right I, I yeah i really liked what what Londonderry was able to do this year um i i did get to see them a little bit more probably than some other teams you know and they they opened the year with with a couple of losses to to bishop Girton, which was kind of you know a tough way to start the year i think for a so team. did I, so did everybody else right <laughs> <laughs> um you know so it it um it, it you know that that kind of um it didn't seem to phase them, I guess. I mean, I, I think in some cases you, you start a year like that and maybe it can linger a little bit. And, I, you know, they were able to win, um, you know, just looking over their schedule, um, I want to say it was, what, seven out of the next eight games or something like that, um, you know, after those first two losses. So it was, um, yeah, it was nice to see them, you know, be able to put together the year that they had. Um, you know, and, I, and, and that's I, with – no, yeah i was gonna
1: say and that's with the coach and that's with a coach coming in late too that right. was hired that was hired late um you know and they only have they have a strong junior class coming back they only lose they only lose six six seniors um you know so it it could be a team that that continues to get better over the next over the next couple of years yeah
0: yeah and um like you said coach there was some coaching changes i think all over the division and and the girls side uh, you know in general i think you had yeah you had new coaches that Sauhegan and, and and BG coming into this year, um, I'm not, I'm not sure Concord might have had a new coach this year too. I'm I'm trying to remember a timeline there when when there, they had some changes up there. I could be wrong about that. Um, you know, so it's um, you know, that was another interesting thing going out going through the year too was just um, seeing how some teams played with different people, different leadership, uh, on the sidelines. Um, you know, and it's, I. I you hope that it kind of maybe steadies itself after this year because like i said there was there was a lot of turnover amongst coaches on the girls' side so hopefully that's something that that doesn't change too much um uh, but i i've actually i mean we we've heard of a couple of um i think situations uh, not in division 1 necessarily but a couple other um coaching openings coming up soon in some other divisions Um, man. so on the,
1: on the, you know, on the girls D one side, I, I, I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard for other teams to, to shake up that top four, just because those programs are so strong at the right. youth level. Um, you know, uh, th- there was a time where, where Merrimack was starting to make a run there too. You know, they, they had a nice group and I, I think you're going to see that every couple of years, you know, girls that a girls program that stays together, they they can, they can break into that group, but consistently you know, Pinkerton, Sohegan, Bedford, BG, you know, they, they have the, they have the feeder programs underneath that are going to, that are going to keep them strong. So to break that up, I don't know. I, I, I would like to say that, that londonderry has got the ability to do that over the next couple of years. Cause you know, their, their youth program is strong. And most of those kids stay home too. They don't lose the, they don't lose a lot of yeah, their kids right. to prep school. So right. it's possible. Um,
0: You know, in, in the, uh, Looking at Division Two, um, on the girls' side, you know, as much as we talked about, you know, the the boys' side being uh, pretty deep and and wide open, and you know, I I think, obviously, you know, it's going to look on paper, and I kind of wrote this earlier this week, um, you know, it's going to look when we go go back on this season that that Portsmouth had that fourth championship in a row, and it'll be like, oh, of course they, you know, they were a, you know loaded team or or you know had uh, all that championship experience, but you know, it wasn't going into the year. It didn't seem as much of a, a given um, that Portsmouth would be there again with with a new, a new head coach. Um, you know, they had some kids that had played in that twenty nineteen championship game, but not. I think I think I counted four total um, that played in that game. Um, none of whom were seniors, by the way, which was a little a little odd. Um, so it was, you know, maybe necessarily wasn't necessarily a given. Um, maybe the the kind of the division as a whole, you know, last year probably hurt it a lot more than we may maybe expected at the beginning of the year cuz I think that there were a lot of programs that were in the same boat of trying to get a lot of girls up to speed in a very short amount of time.
1: Uh I would agree and you know I think coming into the season we thought, you know, just just out of reputation and tradition that a win a cut would be one of those things and they were still competitive but they weren't weren't as strong as as they've been in the past. The team that really surprised me is is a team that, you know, has been a championship team in the past. You know, they they had they had a lot at one point a really impressive string of victories, were that was very competitive with Pickerton at the end of the season. Um, you know, only lost eleven eleven to that. You know, that's a team that I would look for in going going forward to to keep the momentum going there to possibly break into that, that winnicun at kind of, Portsmouth kind of dynasty that's been at the top of this division for a while there um you know i think i didn't see i didn't see hollis brookline coming just based off the fact that you know they dropped a game to win a cunted at the end of the season and again didn't necessarily play the strongest schedule so you didn't know how good how good they were going to be going into the playoffs there um but you know a really remarkable run by them and uh nearly you know it's by all accounts sounding like you know not to rub salt in the wound but they, they it sounds like they had that game and and were pretty close to to winning a championship this year
0: yeah they they were definitely close to that and um you know they're going to return some good kids uh but again that's one of the the early uh coaching changes uh we kind of know about already with uh with with jim maxwell out um stepping down at hollis brookline so they're going to have a new coach next year um but yeah, they. Were, I, I guess you're. Yeah, you're kind of right. They were. They were definitely a, a surprise at the end of the year. I definitely knew they were a talented team, but um, you know the way Wyndham had been playing, that was probably a game that I would, you know, uh, qualify as an as an upset with them beating Wyndham in the quarterfinals there. Uh, For sure. You know. So. Um, you know, but outside of that, yeah, it was. Uh, I think those two teams you mentioned were kind of, you know, maybe having a little bit of a, a rebuilding year. Um, but I mean, yeah, and it feels like Hanover, you know, they had a, a year where they were in the final four. Um, but I, you know, I think that, that they were, you know, uh, again, a new coach, there, new faces trying to figure some things out, um, throughout their year. And again, a tough kind of regional schedule for them too. Cause there's not a lot of, um, you know, not a lot of D2 teams in their area. So they were, you know, right. All over the place trying to play teams. Um, yeah, so I think I think this year, you know, I, I heard a lot of coaches, and, and, and we've talked about it, too, um, you know, that uh, bringing in two freshman classes this year, basically. Um, I think there might have been a lot more of that going on in D2 than, than, uh, than maybe it first looked like.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and another team that, that really impressed me this season, too, was the, uh, the Golf Sound Grizzly group. You know they had a very senior laden team they had a lot of girls with with experience there and you know, i got to watch them twice against dairy field played really close games in both of those games um you know I, I think it's a team that might take a step back next year just by the number of seniors they have but you know their youth program has been really good so i think them hollis brookline windham both hollis and windham don't lose a lot of seniors this year so if there is you know if there's some teams that are going to maybe break up that portsmouth dynasty um, you know, I, I'd look to that. I'd look to those groups uh, there. You mentioned you mentioned Hanover making a run there. There's another team that loses very few seniors this year. It looks like four or five seniors on their roster. You know, do they continue to build and, and can they make a run at Portsmouth there, too? Um, so, I yeah, I mean, Division two and girls lacrosse was super competitive this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, and as was uh, as was Division three, which we weren't really sure, um, or at least in the in the postseason, it was. Uh, we weren't really sure what that was going to look like um you know going into the playoffs uh you know it, it you had kind of your your cluster of, of good teams maybe playing um uh, not playing each other to a certain degree i mean we didn't see uh bo play either you know dairyfield or saint thomas uh during the regular season or um you know so that was uh kind of an unknown going in they, they bo had been putting up a ton of goals and not allowing a lot we, so we really didn't know what to expect there. And then, uh, you know, in the, in the final there, you know, with, with Derryfield and Hopkinson playing, um, you know, that turned out to be probably a better game than I think uh, we might've expected going in.
1: I think, I think there, it was a, it was a really, you know, it was, it was a really fun playoffs. It was not fun probably for the coaches when they saw the draw, <laughs> but from a spectator, from a spectator standpoint, right. I mean uh, Derryfield versus both and Derryfield versus St. Thomas uh, Derryfield, even Derryfield versus Pelham in that in that quarterfinal match or in the semifinal match up there was good. And then uh, and the finals against Hopkinson was incredible there, too. So really, you know, uh, much, much more competitive division than we thought it, maybe it was on paper coming in. I think we knew St. Thomas based on the girls that were um, you know committed to playing in college that they were going to be good this year. We, we suspected that Bo was going to be good by the by the numbers that they were putting up in the regular season. But again, because of the regional schedule, we didn't know how good, right? Because they didn't right. get a chance to play a St. Thomas, um, you know, a Hopkinton. Um, well, they did play Hopkinton at the end of the season, but but leading up to that, we we really weren't really sure how how good they were coming into that.
0: Uh, yeah, the the, the games on yeah on the schedule. Did they did they play that game though? I'm not seeing a score. They anymore.
1: did. They did. It, okay. The score didn't the score didn't show up. It ended up being a. Uh, I want to say a two or three goal victory for them, but Hopkinton, it got, the game got cut short and Hopkinton was on a tear. They were coming back in that game. Oh, okay. So um, we don't, we were not really sure how that game would have ended, but, but they did pick up a win in that game.
0: They, so it well, sounds familiar. Hopkinton was coming back late and then a game, a game got, <laughs> uh, got, uh, got postponed, postponed yeah. or, or delayed or, or whatever you, you want to call it there. You know? Um, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned um, St. Thomas in there uh, and the group that they had and you know, they're, There are plenty of of teams you know that you kind of feel for just looked at 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 the way that these playoffs had to be lined up that's certainly um you know one of them they really went out and challenged themselves this year uh i think you know a couple games against um some d1 teams in in dover and uh in salem um during the regular season you know you look at their schedule and outside of the games you know they played Derryfield, they played campbell um they had a game against milford but they they played a lot of d2 teams you know they played portsmouth twice um, you know, they played Oyster River twice, a couple games against Spalding, Goffstown. Goffstown. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they, they really went out and challenged themselves. So it was, you know, I think despite, um, you know, the season coming to an end earlier than they would have liked, I, you know, I think this was definitely a, a, a year that, that St. Thomas can look at and, and, ho- and build off of, um, you know, despite the fact that they are going to lose a lot of talented seniors, uh, like you mentioned there that are, are going on to play at the next level.
1: No, absolutely, definitely a momentum-building season for them. Uh, You know, beautiful new facility that they have out there right now with the turf field and everything. Um, So, a lot to uh, a lot to build on going into into the next season. You know, and and you know, sometimes when you lose a talented group of seniors, they've had those underclassmen have had a year to develop underneath them, and they surprise you the following year.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, to me, it'll be interesting to kind of see how programs like Kearsarge and Laconia that have traditionally been at the top of division three how do they bounce back you know do they to build and and be you know the powers that they've been in the division the last couple of years do they do they start to resurge again
0: i know it's kind of it's it's weird to to be wrapping this up and not really mentioning too much about either of those programs because they've been i, I because they were a little bit down this year um you know, and and they've had so much success in the last you know last uh, five or six years, um, so yeah, it, it, I'm I would expect you know both of those programs to to bounce back, um, you know from from like we said a little bit of a down year for both, um, you know I well we say that and L- with Laconia having been a, a semifinal team, um, you know, but certainly they took a thumping there from from Hopkinton in that game. Um, you know, so yeah, that that'll be interesting. And then, um, you know, you mentioned Pelham earlier too. Um, they are always feel like they're a bit of a wild card. You know, they're, you know, they're competitive. Um, you know, are they going to be a team that, that finally finds a, a way to, to, to you know, kind of break through? And um, again, they were, you know, another semifinalist, um, but still haven't been able to get you know over the hump and get into that championship game. And uh, you know, it's a program that 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 seems to uh, to be churning out um, players that go on to play in college too.
1: I you know, a team that I, I want to keep an eye on next year. Uh, I I'd looked at Lebanon they, looking at what they return next year. They have a huge junior class coming yeah. back next year. They're going to have a lot of seniors playing next year. And then a, a, a solid group of sophomores as well. Um, that, that's a program, you know, that I, I think, you know, could make a maybe off people's radar a little bit that might, uh, that might be able to make a run in division three next year. Yeah.
0: I don't know, any, uh, any final thoughts on uh, well on anything from, from this year before we kind of wrap it up?
1: Uh, I thought just, you know, I thought the playoffs were as entertaining as ever this year. Uh, again, I think it was difficult for some teams because they, you know, based on matchups, got bounced a little bit earlier than they wanted to. But, um, you know, in terms of uh, each round having games that were interesting and, and uh, from a spectator standpoint, you know, I, I thought it was I, you couldn't have asked for much better than that. You as a reporter, you had games that, you you know, a lot of times those those first couple of rounds are throwaway rounds for you right, guys. It's yeah, tough, yeah. <laughs> tough to come up with a compelling story that week for the for those games. But, uh, you know, I don't know, from from my standpoint, there were a lot of really good games throughout the playoffs So each week
0: the flip side of that, though, is you're right. There were some some early round games that it was it, they were very, um, uh, you know, coverage worthy. Uh, but then it led to a couple of later round games, some quarterfinals or semifinals that were not, you know, that, that you knew going in were going to probably be a little bit more lopsided. Uh, True. So that, that, I mean, it just, it, it just kind of changed the timing of those, when those games happened, I guess. Um, but like we talked about last week, I mean, just fantastic championship games, uh, five, you know, five out of the six coming down to the wire, um, you know, that I don't think happens too, too often. Uh, where you you know where you get I mean you, you hope that those games are going to be close um, and and it, it's hard to, to script that uh, even in years that are, are, are normal <laughs> um, you know so that was that was great to see um, really fun finish to the to the season with those uh, boys championship games on on that la- uh, on the 12th um, yeah just just such a, a great year uh, i you know, going to um, continue to wrap up kind of the season on the website uh, over the next uh, week or so. I um, want to put together a little bit of a feature on, on uh, some of the best games I saw this year, kind of give my top five uh, later this week on, on you know, games that I thought were, were the best of the year, uh, which is always kind of tricky. You know, I've always wondered in the past, it's like, oh, to sit there and say, well, these were the best games. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify it and say these were the best games that I saw. Um, you know, so that's, that kind of, I guess gives me some wiggle room there for, for the g- good games that I didn't attend. Um, you know, and then, uh, then early next week, I'm looking at Monday as the day to, uh, to release the, uh, my, my all state teams, uh, on the boys and girls side. So, uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. And, uh, and then as we, we talked about earlier next week, we're going to wrap everything up by, uh, looking ahead to 2022.
1: We've still got a, I believe you are, are you putting together your own all-state team as well is there is that something that maybe <laughs> yep. uh viewer, viewer listeners can uh, can look for on the uh, the website coming yep. up in the next that'll week be or two? Uh,
0: that'll be out next Monday
1: fantastic can't wait
0: and still um still need to to hammer out a couple of details but um, we'll be doing a yearbook again this year. Um, so, if anyone's interested, if in uh, if you didn't didn't sign up for the uh, the membership um, earlier in the year, which which did get you one of those, uh, if you would still like to get one, uh, keep your eyes peeled. I'll have some more details on that uh, in the next uh, couple of days as well. All right. Well, uh, any uh, any final thoughts before we uh, we say farewell for the week? No,
1: nope, we'll save them. We'll save him for right. next
0: week. We'll, uh, yeah, we've given you enough info today. I think uh, we'll we'll save everything else for uh, for our look ahead. Of course, I uh, want to give a, another thanks to uh, Roger Howe of the Bean Group for uh, for sponsoring our our last couple shows here. Uh, you know, you can uh, contact Roger at eight hundred four five zero seven seven eight four or six zero three two four seven. 1583 or by email roger at rhowrealestate.com. Uh, Chris, thanks again for joining me.
1: Always, Joe. Can't wait. We'll do uh, looking forward to next week and uh, taking a sneak peek at uh, next season.
0: All right. He is Dairyfield and Boys lacrosse coach Chris Hettler. I'm Joe Margolino. Thanks again for listening.